0: Welcome to our third segment of this afternoon's program. It is Sunday the 4th of July. It is now 2.28 in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Last week, we spoke about intimate partner violence and gender-based violence on the heels of Althea Henry's killing, allegedly by a man with whom she had uh, a previous relationship. Uh, Today, we are furthering that discussion. Intimate partner violence is uh, domestic violence by a current or former spouse or partner in an intimate relationship against the other spouse or partner. Uh, it can take a number of forms, including physical violence, verbal, emotional, economic, and sexual abuse. Uh, the World Health Organization, for example, defines internet partner violence as any behaviour with an intimate relationship, or within rather an intimate relationship, that causes physical, psychological, or sexual harm to those in the relationship including acts of physical aggression, sexual coercion, psychological abuse, and even controlling behaviors. Uh, Many times we simply uh, identify these incidents as battery or spousal abuse. Uh, It can be meted out by men and women alike, but of course today's focus is on women, as women are disproportionately the victims of such abuse, and men are usually disproportionately the aggressors. Uh, On this segment, we'll speak to guests in three other Caribbean islands about the scope and nature of this type of violence against women and girls, especially intimate partner violence. Uh, Joining us for this discussion, we're happy to have Ms. Jade Trim. Uh, She's a graduate student at the Institute of Gender Development Studies at the University of the West Indies St. Augustine. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Ms. Jade Trim. How are you doing?
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm great right now.
0: Uh, we also have joining us from Jamaica a uh, social commentator feminist and gender advocate miss Nadine Spence and we're happy to have you with us this afternoon miss Nadine Spence how are you doing and we also have with us uh, mr Carlen Campbell uh, Carlen Campbell is a journalist of over 12 years he has worked in two of the major television networks he's joining us from Grenada uh, he has worked with uh, two of the major n- television networks in Grenada and uh, His recent stint, his most recent stint, has been at the Grenada Broadcasting Network. Uh, He is uh, now one of the contributors to Now Grenada, which is an online news platform, and he's actually working now on a men's mentorship program entitled A Few Good Men uh, in order to continue to advocate for behavioral changes within impoverished communities in Grenada, especially among young men, um, or men in general, rather. But uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Kerlin Campbell.
2: Yes, good afternoon. And
0: how are you? Quite well, quite well. Uh, Miss Nadine Spence, we didn't hear you in the introduction. Can you hear me now? Are you with us? You have to unmute your microphone if you can not hear me.
3: Oh, okay. I didn't unmute myself. I'm sorry. I didn't not a, a problem. Myself. Not but a problem. Not a me problem. Me.
0: But I want to. I want to ask you the first question, which is, um, when we speak about uh, intimate partner violence, uh, even in your own context, uh, <laughs> speaking from Jamaica, um, can you give me some idea of the the, the, the scope of the problem? Uh, 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 in your own observation over time uh, instances of 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 persons whether or not that's violence in terms of battery sexual violence controlling behavior just give me some idea of uh, of the scope it's
3: kind of difficult to speak of the, the scope because in in the caribbean in jamaica we tend to speak anecdotally unfortunately we haven't thought of the matter in a substantive enough way so that we would give attention to doing research and to capture what is the situation officially um, in Jamaica, for example, and I don't know if it pertains to your country, um, what is reported to the police is very different from what, is, what happens at the level of, of the hospitals or the medical system, for example, because there is a tendency for there to be this difference in data. We can't say you know, definitively whether, what data is going to give you the, the true picture. Or what what space is going to give you the true picture a couple of years ago Jamaica more than a couple of years ago Jamaica did a study which she eventually called the Women's Health Survey, which said that one in four women had faced some kind of um, intimate partner violence or domestic violence in, in her lifetime so but but generally across across the Caribbean, we haven't given time. To, to, to doing substantial research on the on the extent of the issue, so that when we speak we speak beyond the anecdotal, but I do know that it is a problem I, what we have a lot of is flare ups at a different times, so and you will find that when one femicide and femicide is the killing of a, of a woman in a relation in an intimate partner relationship, when a femicide occurs, you find <clears throat> sorry about that that is not just one it's you, you find a series of them happening over time and then a lot of attention is paid to it at that particular point and the public commentary is major but then it doesn't necessarily result in any change in policy or any significant change in legislation so that it creates a difference in that particular issue so to speak of it beyond the anecdotal evidence mentioning of people's stories is is difficult because we are not doing the work that we are supposed to do to find out the extent of the problem,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Ms. Jade Trim? Do you do you think that's a sentiment you could echo that um, there is uh, clearly a need and uh, remind my listeners that you are speaking to us from Trinidad and Tobago, uh, that is clearly a need for uh, and you, you can let us know if you think this is the case with Trinidad and Tobago, but a need for a, a, a better grasp of the situation through uh, statistics and research.
1: Yes i definitely do see a similar issue in terms of trinidad and tobago um but i do also feel there is a push um for instance my department at ue institute for trinidad development studies has conducted several programs um outreach activities and so i do think there is that research but as uh was echoed by nadine i believe um there is a disparity, a very clear disparity between what I know personally interacting with other women versus the statistics that is usually recited um, publicly. So yeah, definitely.
0: And Mr. Kerlin Campbell speaking to us from Grenada, uh, what is your take on, on that particular issue that we, we, we've um, uh, focused on as we started, whether or not we need a, a greater grasp of the situation? Uh, what is it like in, in Grenada?
2: Um, well, thank you so much, and um, again, good afternoon to your listeners. Um, the situation, I believe, in Grenada is, is one that needs further study. Um, just like um, one of the panelists said, um, statistics-wise, we we are not good at taking very good statistics um, or, or actually collecting data to, to understand the gravity of, of the situation that we are speaking about. Um, In Grenada, um, and I've just had to mention that um, just recently, maybe about three weeks ago, we had our first murder. um, And it's a domestic violence case um, where one uh, lady was stabbed um, over 30 times by her ex-partner, allegedly uh, stabbed um, by her ex-partner. And I think because we don't take a scientific approach to issues, um, and we also tend to deal with issues in isolation of each other, um, tends to pose a problem in how we now treat uh, a systemic problem.
0: All right. Uh, and, and coming back to Ms. Nadine Spence. Ms. Spence, I, I, I'm curious as to whether or not you think um, that there is any sort of modern shift in attitudes when we talk about gender-based violence. Uh, are, are, and even anecdotally, do you think that um, younger people think differently and are more conscious and aware of, of certain issues, or is it a, a, a problem that really does not uh, vary in terms of generations?
3: Okay, so so let me respond to that in by looking at different groups of people. Younger people are, are getting more information. For example, uh, when we taught in Jamaica a couple of years ago, we did a substantive assessment, uh, a, a substantive response to gender-based violence, and part of what that was was defining gender-based violence and, and, and asking, for example, or police force to report domestic violence as dif- as separate from intimate partner violence. because you know when we talk about domestic violence, we're also talking about violence between within the family, so it could be daughter and mother, brother and brother, and so on. so uh, in, in for example, in every in any given set of statistics, you might find information that says men are more impacted by domestic violence because violence within the family, can be most, um, can occur most among males, and men can be the victim of, men men, men tend to be greater victims of domestic violence, but then we, that means that we are not pulling apart the data on issues of intimate partner violence, where women tend to be 90 odd percent of the time, the victims. So I think part of what we are finding when people talk about it, on social media is a, a kind of ambivalence because the data in the public is not clear we are not sure what the police is talking about when they when they, what the press is talking about when they say domestic violence or when they say gender-based violence and because there is not an agreed um an agreed you know perspective on what we are talking about when the statistics the little statistics that are read i read people people get confused because one minute people feel as if they should say okay we are condemning this thing and women should be protected and girls should be protected but then the next time you might find the police coming out as say, men are more impacted by domestic violence so what are you going on about so if, if there was anything i would say is that in jamaica i see a huge amount of male backlash to um women and and, and allies Insistent that something needs to be done about intimate partner violence because women are significantly more impacted and have deadlier outcomes to intimate partner violence than men so I think how we started by saying um, the way we treat with the data makes it difficult for you to assess what the public response ought to be because there's not enough sensitization mm. that's one I think the other thing too is that what social media does, and social media is a very active space in Jamaica and sets the agenda, is that it gives you all kinds of perspective, unfiltered perspective. And so as much as there is a lot of awareness raising about violence against women and girls and the dangers of uh, that women face inside their homes and girls face inside their homes, um, while there's a lot of awareness about that, the pushback is is also huge so a lot of the times you get the feeling that people are not sure how they should assess the situation and what side of the argument they should come out on so I'm not seeing a clear-cut change in perspective I'm seeing more arguments out there but they're not necessarily arguments that aren't necessarily going to lead to a scaling down
0: of the problem. Let me ask Miss Jade Trim uh, whether or not you think from your own societal perspective there is uh, significant enough um, consensus broadly, uh, particularly when it comes to men, uh, that um, violence against women and girls uh, and, and issues like intimate partner violence are a scourge that uh, need to be dealt with. Okay.
1: Um... I do honestly believe there is significant male backlash when it comes to addressing violence against women. There have been numerous, I would say, social media campaigns that have addressed violence against women as an issue. There's been cat calls. um, When there was the Life and Leggings movement, it took a hold in Trinidad as well. Earlier this year, there was also numerous protests happening throughout the country regarding the deaths of two young women And so, although there is that conversation and there have been men who are allies, there continues to be this push and this focus on what about men, um, almost as a denial of how widespread and how prevalent violence against women is. So, I'm not saying necessarily that men have not been involved in the fight, but I do feel that the backlash has been enough a lot of the times to discredit movements and valid conversations that need to be have about masculinity and its ties to violence
0: and uh mr curland campbell uh, on that issue whether or not uh, you think that that broadly the average male um uh, you know is part of the uh, a part of a consensus that that violence against women and girls is a major scourge that ought to be dealt with or, or whether or not you you too notice uh, some resistance to that um stream of thought
2: Okay, Um, well, uh, I will speak from, you know, living in Grenada and understanding the culture. Um, There is a denial, really, um, by men uh, when it comes to gender-based violence. And and I'll give you a particular um, situation, uh, and it's so tragic uh, in my view. Uh, There was a march, um, sorry, uh, there was a protest, a synthesization drive, or whatever you want to call it, uh, pertaining to uh, gender-based violence and i remember being there covering that story and one of the police officers um who was just joking around i assume that he probably was but he made mention of that um you know basically beating them is okay just as long as you don't kill them and that's coming from a police officer right now i'm not saying the entire police force things like that okay i'm just giving you um an analysis of 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 the mindset of, of some of our men um i think in order to properly analyze uh, uh, that situation, I, th- I, I remember saying earlier that we deal with situations in isolation and we treat symptoms of the, of the issue, especially related to gender-based violence, but we don't go to the core of where it stems from. Um, and I think that's one of the issues that we're facing here in Grenada. so now, I'm seeing more um, male-focused uh, programs that uh, seek to, you know change our perspective or mentality and how we view issues like of this nature um but before it was largely been just helping victims right and then we're still wondering why we have the prevalence of gender-based violence or the increasing reported cases of gender-based violence so i'm not sure if i answered your question but you
0: Yes, yes, indeed. I would also ask you, um, y- y- you mentioned to me the, the issue of dysfunctional male behavior. Uh, I- I'm wondering how you think that ties into the issue of, of gender-based violence.
2: Right. I, and I'm glad you, you speak on that. Right. So, um, now, the dysfunctional behaviors, We, uh, you know, any, anyone who's a social scientist, you know, would dig a, deeper to understand the psychology of, of men and, and, and the culture, cultural context. Um, I'm just speaking about Grenada. In Grenada, we have a situation where the family is majority single parents and the mother is the head of the household, right? And what that does is based on our culture is that the women would be, um, a lot of the discipline will be instilled in the women, but the men are allowed to do whatever they want. So the women would have to cook, clean, wash, take care of whatever but the men are allowed to go outside and play and, 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 and do whatever they will. That in itself um, is, is, is part of the problem. Because when, as a man, you do not have that discipline instilled in you, um, then dealing with conflict situations um, as an adult is going to be difficult. And with regards to gender-based violence, how do you deal with when confronted with, with an with a issue uh, or a confrontation or, or a dispute between between your partner and in most in some cases i should say um let's take for instance where the woman um is is is, is being the aggressor mm-hmm. just just look at it in that context and but i would say taking away the manhood from the man <laughs> as it will. And then that man, because he is not disciplined enough to be able to react or respond appropriately to a situation like that, will resort to violence. So dysfunctional be men's behavior, I believe, is a major issue and, and it's a systemic issue. And in order for us to deal with it, we can't just deal with isolated situations. We have to deal with
0: a core problem. Uh, 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 let me let me come to Ms Nadine Spence. Ms Nadine Spence on that issue on the on the topic of uh, of our, our culture and um, masculinity. Um, where do you see uh, the problems in terms of the the attitudes that are bound up in in in, in the masculinity? uh, uh the, the the view that men have uh in terms of uh, their role uh, their position in relation to women in general but also of course the men who find themselves as in the position of being abusers uh if you could give me some sense of the the the, the cultural uh issues you think come to the fore there in how men treat with women
3: you asked you asked me
0: yes yes miss you you got the question
3: I think yeah I got you, but I, I didn't realise what worked with me at first. I think we have the role of people and how patriots has historically located it. And it's not just culturally, it's it's not specific to the Caribbean rather. It's something that has been a oh, the we we
0: are hearing a, with... a beeping in your background and also your voice isn't coming through terribly clearly.
3: Oh, sorry, because
0: I mean I can't no I reversing. But
3: sorry, sorry okay good yeah um yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind
0: of moving around you know
3: we're moving around here anyway yeah so there is that there's that historical reality that we have to acknowledge and men have to acknowledge and and know that it it has given men a certain kind of privilege and that they should acknowledge that privilege and treat with that privilege as if it's a fact of their reality um it's not a it's not something that was started in the caribbean um by caribbean people it's something that we've inherited it's something that we were a part of in another culture at another time so for us now to behave as if this is not a, a reality that we know about and are true to would be disingenuous. It's it's not just specific to our culture. It's a it's a reality that other people have acknowledged and are seeking to rectify in the same way that racism is another kind or classism is another kind of of um of system that privileges one set of people over the other. You know, we have to acknowledge those things and just understand that it doesn't mean that we're blaming people for our reality. It just means that we have to acknowledge how the society that we all have inherited works and then we seek to rectify where the inequities and the inequalities are. It's to me the the quarrel that we are making over over how historically the world has privileged men is not necessary because you can't blame this generation for the problem, It's it's a problem that we have to fix, but it's not necessarily of our creation.
0: All right. Uh, And Ms. Jade Jade Trim, I'd ask you for your take on the issue. And I would also ask you, in addition to that, um, whether or not there are some things that uh, we, within the the context now I'm talking of intimate partner violence, that are sometimes overlooked as forms of violence, controlling behavior, manipulative behavior, financial control, and that sort of thing. Um, But that question, along with your take on, um, uh, you know, the culture uh, uh, and what the culture promotes in terms of male behavior that is problematic.
1: Yes, I, do. I definitely do see that there is a culture of violence um, that is inherently tied to masculinity. There's a culture of dominance, that there is a belief that men are meant to be the providers, that men have certain roles that they hold in society, and because of the way oftentimes that we raise boys, we don't raise boys, uh, with a sense of emotional maturity to be able to deal with conflict, to be able to deal with stressful situations, and to react in a way that is healthy, uh, it perpetuates this cycle of violence. So they learn violence at home, and then they carry it into the world, and they carry it into personal intimate relationships. So there's definitely a culture of violence, there's a culture of violence in our media, um in the shows that we consume in the music that we consume in the movies that we look at in the people that are even the role models to younger boys uh to the second question um, the, can you repeat? Yeah, the issue question? of um,
0: the issue of uh, whether or not there's certain behaviours. Because uh, uh, from my own observation, sometimes issues such as you know stalking uh, are not taken as as seriously in, in mm. terms of how you know you you hear persons react to that. You know, not so serious uh, when those are themselves extremely serious things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say one of the issues that always stands out to me is catcalling or street harassment street harassment is a major issue in trinidad and tobago um very often women can't walk i would say a couple of meters from their home without being told something about their body about the way that they're dressed and that is a very prevalent form of violence because when you can't feel safe in your own neighborhood then there's definitely something that's wrong there. But a lot of the times they get swept under the rug. Um, Women are told they're being overly dramatic. It's just a compliment. Learn to take a compliment. Learn to just say good morning. And simple things like that could also perpetuate the cycle of violence. Stalking, yes, is also another one that I have also seen. I know many women who have been in in situations where they felt unsafe because of, of men who were, well, essentially stalking them, various different behaviors that would be categorized as stalking. And if you were to report that to the police, if you were to speak to someone about it, a lot of the times it's just brushed under the rug because what is genuinely taken as more concerning is physical violence. Emotional violence and financial um, violence is often not taken as seriously. A lot of the times they want to see evidence. and.
0: That in itself is very problematic. And uh, uh, Mr. Kerlin Campbell, to the issue of um, certain behaviours that, um, as Ms. Ms. Trim says, are sometimes brushed under the rug—street uh, uh, harassment and catcalling—do um, you do you see? Uh, uh, do you agree that those are, are deeply problematic behaviours, which many times is not an acknowledgement uh, that they, they are they are an example of a, of, of a problematic culture?
2: Um. Uh, I am definitely in agreement to uh, see that same cycle of uh, misogynistic um, behaviors in our culture here in Grenada. <laughs> and for some reason, uh, it has been normalized, just like how we normalize this, function, this functionality. Take, for instance, um, um, the previous um, speaker spoke about the music and, and the media that we consume. Our music here in Grenada not only perpetuates violence, sexual violence, or degrading women, it also um, perpetuates this notion that um, women are should be objectified. Young women at that, and and it's it's amazing that in Grenada we also have a, a high rate of um, sexual crimes against minors. Um, is is that a coincidence that our music preaches about sexual violence and we see it in our communities? You know, that's 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 something to be to be looked into. But I might work. And it's something that I think the system does not treat with as serious as only treat with violence, as in physical violence.
0: Mm. Uh, Coming back to you, Ms. Nadine Spence, uh, I'm wondering whether or not you think there are any proven strategies that can be taken. When we talk about uh, the issue of reforming behavior, uh, I think Mr. Campbell mentioned quite correctly uh, earlier on that generally the focus tends to be on responding to uh, someone who is a survivor, someone who is a victim, um, and we don't necessarily pay enough attention to ways in which we can reform uh, 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 behavior. Uh, uh, How would you uh, uh, go about you know, attempting to reform behavior, targeted programs. Uh, I mean, for instance, I know Grenada has a, a program called Man to Man, where uh, first-time offenders in terms of, of certain types of battery and violence are, are required to go through a, a number of weeks of anti-violence counseling. Um, but but uh, Miss Nadine Spence, uh, w- w- where are your thoughts, or what are your thoughts rather, when it comes to behavioral change? Ms. Nadine Spence, are you still with us? Perhaps you are not with us.
3: Yes, I am. Sorry. (laughs) No problem. Okay. You got the question though, right? Right.
0: We We are not hearing you so clearly. You are very much in the background. Uh, Are you speaking into your microphone? Because we're not hearing you. But the truth is... Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not hearing you. We're, not, we're not that's hearing you. You, 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 you've, uh, you, you, sort of come in and out. We haven't gotten much of what you said at all. Uh, can you hear me, Miss Ben? Okay, so yeah, Call that's
3: in, uh, and so for me, a program doesn't help it. Yes, over time, we will institute programs, to change behavior, but we have to attack the way our belief systems. We have to talk about it from places that reinforce belief systems and in the spaces where those kinds of changes can be made. Our schools, churches, and uh, social spaces where people are socialized. We have to talk about how we redo parenting. We have to talk about how we, how we intervene in how people engage each other on the streets. And, and a lot of the times when we do one-off program with 20 and 30 people, we don't get to the point where we make that kind of an impact or the kind of an impact that we want to make. So we are going to have to be very, we're going to have to think more, how do we change systems? How do we change ideologies? How do we change people's thought processes um, rather than how do we intervene with a group of people? Because those things are happening, you know, we're having the programmatic intervention. I can tell you about a million and one programs that are are being rolled out in Jamaica that is supposed to address those issues but the truth is they're not because we come back next year and it's the same thing so we have to think about how do we reach as wider amount of the people as possible
0: and miss j trim uh your thoughts in terms of uh, uh how to go about uh, remedying and uh, changing persons ways of behavior ways of thinking their attitudes
1: I agree with Ms. Spence in terms of the failure of various programs to adequately address issues of violence, but I always say the easiest way to start is to start from home, um, to start with young children, to start with teenagers, in terms of teaching boys ways to deal with emotions, teaching boys ways to deal with conflict, teaching boys responsibility and accountability, and also teaching girls to recognize signs, um, signs of danger, such as you're in a relationship with someone and they want to tell you how to dress, they want to tell you where to go, they don't think you should hang out with that friend anymore. Those are all red flags. Teaching kids to adequately
0: deal with these things,
1: I believe, will certainly curb curb the issue of violence against women. Um, But on a larger scale, I believe that counseling is always one of the best measures, intervention methods, um, I think can work, they really can work and sometimes we are so focused on targeting men as abusers that we forget that men are a very large group and where there is abusers there are people who are reinforcing abusive behavior. So sometimes something as simple as pulling up a friend on something that they said that could have been problematic or misogynistic can also help
0: us to reach somewhere a lot faster and mr curlin campbell uh, just about out of time uh, the final word for this segment goes to you Uh, what do you want to leave us with as we end off this conversation on uh, gender-based violence uh, and intimate partner violence
2: I I believe that if we continue to do the same thing in the same way that historically we've always done, we'll continue to have that problem and we'll continue to have the discussion. Um, I think that we need to take a scientific approach um, when dealing with um, people in terms of psychology, um, changing uh, thought patterns, and and actually healing from within. Um, And lastly, I think um, we need to address the economic situation because uh, uh, a lot of these cases are domestic violence.
0: And with that, we're going to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, with that we're going to leave this segment here. Sorry, but that was my fault. That was my fault. With that we're going to leave this segment here. We want to say thank you to uh, Miss J Trim. Uh, she's a graduate student at the Institute of Gender Development Studies at the University of the West Indies, Saint Augustine. Uh, to Mr. Curlin Campbell, uh, he's a journalist of over twelve years. Uh, he uh, has worked with two of the major television networks in Grenada. He's now also a contributor to Now Grenada, which is an online news platform. Uh, we say thank you to Miss Nadine Spence. Uh, she's a social commentator, a feminist, and a gender advocate who. Joined us from Jamaica thanks to all three of you